For those who are new to the channel, if you don't know, I am a Bible teacher with an emphasis on the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, and biblical theology. And when I'm not doing that, I'm also a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and martial arts instructor. I'm a black belt at Henzo Gracie Charlotte. And for the past 12, 13 years now, Jiu-Jitsu has been a huge part of my life. I run a nonprofit here where we offer free jiu-jitsu and self-defense classes every week for refugee, immigrant, and lower-income students who don't otherwise have access to jiu-jitsu training. And we're entirely nonprofit donor-funded, so if that's something that stirs your heart, we would love for you to become a monthly dojo donor and help us to continue to grow this program. Last week, Professor Carlos Alvarez from Miami and I had a great discussion about jiu-jitsu, Jesus, the gospel biblical training. It was pretty awesome. If you haven't seen it, definitely go check that out after this video. But I wanted to make a short follow-up video, and this one for non-jujitsu people who watch this channel, which is probably most of you. I want to share with you what I think are five things that churches can learn from good jujitsu academies. Before I share those, if you haven't already subscribed, we would really appreciate it. We're getting so close to our goal this year of 2022 of having 5,000 subscribers. So if you could help us get there by clicking subscribe, and if you could help us in the algorithms here on YouTube by clicking the notifications icon, that's huge. It doesn't cost you anything but a couple of seconds, and it really, really helps us as a channel to continue to grow. And as always, if you're interested in any Disciple Dojo training gear, such as the the rash guards that we have, the no-gi leggings, flip-flops to get you from the mats to the bathroom and back without being gross, gifts like our Old Testament overview timeline mug. Head over to our online store and look around. Everything purchased there really helps us out. Okay, let's get into five things I think churches can learn from jiu-jitsu academies. Number one, the sense of true community and camaraderie that develops among people who would never otherwise cross paths. Go into any good jiu-jitsu academy, and, and, and all this should be prefaced by I'm referring to good jiu-jitsu academies, not toxic jiu-jitsu academies, not academies run by people that don't have any business running academies. Unfortunately, you will come across those from time to time. But I mean good, reputable, healthy jiu-jitsu academies. If you go in any one of those, you're going to find people who are genuinely good friends training partners, people who care about one another, who have absolutely nothing in common. In my classes on Wednesday nights here in Charlotte, I have people who are stay-at-home moms, high school and college students, people retired from the workforce, people who are accountants with desk jobs, people who are blue-collar workers, people who are Democrats, people who are Republicans, Libertarians, people who are outspoken about their Christian faith, and people who are outspoken about their lack of belief. Jews, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, pretty much any type of person you can imagine you can find in a jiu-jitsu academy somewhere. And not just find them there, but find them actually connecting with and developing real friendships with their training partners. And this is something that churches struggle with because contrary to this, many churches, I'm not going to generalize and say most, but many churches are entirely homogenous. Many churches self-segregate according to ethnicity, according to language, 
even according to progressive versus conservative political allegiances. And so if you go in many churches, it's actually harder to find people who aren't like you. And that's something that the church really can learn from jujitsu is being a welcoming place that invites people into community with one another to actually get to know one another. And another reason for this is because unlike many churches in jujitsu, you can't just be a spectator. If you take jujitsu, you're going to be training in person up close with your training partners, with the people that you're matched up with, with the people in class. So in church, you can sometimes walk in, sit, listen to the music, listen to the sermon, and then duck out. And that's it. You don't have to talk to anybody. You don't have to interact with anybody. And you can check off your box that you went to church this week. But is that really what discipleship is? I mean, you could come and, I guess, watch jujitsu classes, not participate, but you would never earn any rank in jujitsu. You'd never actually progress in the art. It's not until you actually step on the mats, put on the belt, throw on the rash guard, slap hands and bump fists, and begin to train that you can truly say you're doing jujitsu. So when we look at discipleship as Christians, do we have something similar in terms of the bar that we set for people who claim to be followers of Jesus? Because Jesus did set a pretty high bar. He was radically inclusive of all who would come to him, but the ones who did come to him, he set a high bar in terms of what it means to be a disciple, to deny yourself daily, to take up your cross, to follow him, to put him first as your priority, to enter into the community that became collectively known as his body. When you go to a good jiu-jitsu academy, you enter into a family. And for much of church history, especially in the early church, that was true as well. Somewhere along the way, that being part of a family turned into being a consumer or a spectator in many churches. So in terms of fellowship, I think the church can learn some things from good jiu-jitsu academies. The second thing the church can learn from a good jiu-jitsu academy is accountability. Unlike any other activity, hobby, endeavor that I've ever known, jiu-jitsu develops a deep trust and vulnerability between you and the people you train with. You are literally putting your life in their hands. When you apply a chokehold to your partner and your partner taps out, you immediately let go of the choke. Because if you don't, your partner can get seriously injured or even die. So there is a strong degree of trust that develops among training partners that we both agree we're putting our lives in each other's hands. And there's a beauty to that because it creates this bond. It creates this mutual respect. It creates this level of vulnerability between you and your partner. And so when you develop that type of relationship, you're not afraid to put yourself in vulnerable situations with your partner. You're not afraid to not perform your best. Some days you go into the academy, you roll, and you feel awful. You feel like you're the worst person on the mats. But your partner is not sitting there judging you or condemning you because you had a bad role. They're actually trying to help you work on things. They're trying to give you tips. They're letting you work positions that you struggle with because you've developed this accountability with one another. You push each other on. You spur each other on. And this is something that churches really could take note of. Are we doing that with our brothers and sisters in Christ? And are we giving those in our church community permission to do that with us. 
to spur us on? Are we being vulnerable or do we only put on our best face when we go to church? Do we make sure that we're always smiling and we're raising our hands during worship and we're happy? And when somebody asks us how we're doing, we say, I'm fine. How are you? And we never actually share how we really feel. We never take off our mask. When it comes to accountability, churches can learn something from a good jujitsu academy. Number three, churches can learn about the authenticity and the integrity of a good teacher from jujitsu academies. See, there's a lot of bogus nonsense martial arts out there. There are a lot of fake instructors. Martial arts is an unregulated business in America and around the world. So you can open up an academy, buy a belt from any online martial arts supplier, and start teaching students who will pay you. But if you do this in jiu-jitsu, expect that after some weeks, maybe some months, as word gets around, you're going to have people coming into your academy, and they're going to want to train with you, and they're going to want to test you. It may not be formal. They may come undercover. There are plenty of examples online of videos of this happening, somebody claiming to be a jiu-jitsu black belt, and so actual jiu-jitsu students coming, pretending to be prospective students in the area, and then just absolutely destroying them when they actually do get a chance to roll together and calling them out for being a fraud. You can't fake it on the mats. A good jiu-jitsu instructor, even if his or her body can't perform at the level that it once did, the knowledge and the ability to communicate things that actually work is what separates a good jiu-jitsu instructor from a martial arts fraud. And it takes a long time to get a jiu-jitsu black belt. For most people, it's around 10 years or longer. So there's an authenticity to the teaching that's tested in the crucible of everyday on-the-mat training. The church can learn from this because some of the things that are taught in churches sometimes isn't tested in the real world of biblical theology, of time-tested ethics, of spiritual depth. There's a lot of fake nonsense martial arts out there, and there's a lot of fake nonsense preachers out there. And just like an unsuspecting person who knows nothing about jujitsu can come in and be persuaded by the charisma, charm, and the flashy moves of a fraud instructor, so many people fill churches around the country for the exact same reasons. They don't have spiritual depth. They aren't grounded in how to read and study the Bible. They don't have developed, mature discipleship within the body of Christ, and so they gravitate to charismatic, persuasive, winsome, flashy, fraud teachers. The church can learn about authenticity and integrity from good jiu-jitsu academies. The fourth thing that churches can learn from good jiu-jitsu academies. In jiu-jitsu, there's an underlying foundational basis. You learn basic moves that never change. They are foundational. Every jiu-jitsu academy you go to, you're going to learn to shrimp. You're going to learn to bridge. You're going to learn close guard. You're going to learn half guard. You're going to learn top mount, how to secure side control. There are essentials of jiu-jitsu that are never compromised. And if they are compromised, you can be sure what you're learning is not jiu-jitsu, whatever else it may be. Yet, upon those foundational techniques and concepts, jujitsu gets built into so many different varied structures. If you go train at five jujitsu academies, you're going to learn five entirely different approaches to jujitsu that all share the basic foundational truths. The jujitsu that I learn on my trips up to our main Henzo Gracie Academy in Manhattan is so different 
from the jiu-jitsu I learned when I visit my friend in the mountains of Western North Carolina. And that jiu-jitsu is entirely different than what I see when I train with my friends on Grappler's Escape Cruise every year, who come from all over, different academies around the world. Because jiu-jitsu has a, a wide range of flexibility and adaptability, and you can take it in many different directions depending on what your goals are. So I know some instructors whose sole purpose is teaching self-defense, things that the average person can use against the average attacker that has nothing to do whatsoever with competition. I know other jiu-jitsu instructors who have focused and adapted to high-level competition in the gi. And then there are those whose specialty is adapting jiu-jitsu to competition within other rule sets, such as MMA or ADCC submission grappling. So regardless of what your goal is with jiu-jitsu, you take the foundational truths and then you adapt them to the circumstances as needed. The church can learn from that when it comes to being missional. See, the church is built upon some core foundational truths. If you take some of these away, what you're left with, however enjoyable it may be, it's not the historic Christian gospel. But with those truths, those core ideas in place, there is an incredible range of adaptability that the gospel has, depending on the culture and the context in which it's practiced. So my friends in village churches in India who follow Jesus, their worship looks a lot different than my friends here in South Charlotte who follow Jesus. And their worship looks very different from my friends in urban Detroit who follow Jesus. And all of that looks completely different from our brothers and sisters in house churches in China or throughout the Middle East. The gospel adapts and permeates any culture into which it's deposited. That's what makes it so beautiful. Every tribe, language, people, nation, there's no homogenous demands when it comes to church liturgy or biblical theological expression. Yes, there is a requirement to uphold and maintain the apostolic core truths of the Christian faith. But beyond that, there's a beautiful adaptability of the gospel into so many varied circumstances. It's like with good jujitsu, you can't say, well, you don't do it the way my academy does it, so the way you're doing it is wrong. No, if those core truths are in place, then the diversity of expression is something to celebrate and lean into and learn from. So when it comes to being missional, I think churches can learn something from good jiu-jitsu academies. Number five, in any good jiu-jitsu academy you go into, you're going to see senior students patiently helping and working with beginner students. You're going to see them literally taking them by the hand and putting their arm or their foot or their shoulder or their neck into the various positions that are so awkward and so overwhelming and so foreign to those beginning students. In good jiu-jitsu academies, you won't see senior students getting exasperated or rebuking beginner students for not knowing more. Because every jiu-jitsu practitioner remembers what it was like to be a white belt. Every jiu-jitsu practitioner remembers what it was like to step onto the mats for the first time, not knowing anything, and being incredibly intimidated. Thinking everybody around you, all the senior students, had all the answers and you were the dummy. And then you quickly find out that's just not the case. But yet, how often do you see this approach in churches? How often do you see more mature disciples actively coming alongside and offering guidance and help, not 
demanding that the new believers or the seekers who are checking out church, not demanding that they immediately start doing things this way, this way, and this way, but rather guiding them along patiently, helping them to explore the mysteries of the gospel, the depths of biblical theology, navigate the issues facing believers in different settings where the church is found, not being quick to condemn someone for coming in with a different point of view because they haven't begun the process of being conformed to the image of Jesus, and they're still walking in the ways of the world. And mature Christian disciples have a key role to play, just like higher-level jiu-jitsu students in a good academy, helping people along showing them the beauty of the art, patiently answering their questions, helping them work through issues, offering their assistance in any way possible, even if it just means being a body that the person can drill some moves on, and encouraging them not to quit. Asking, hey, where have you been? We haven't seen you in a while, man. We've missed you. These are all the things you see in good jujitsu academies. And so when it comes to discipleship, I think the church can learn a little bit from them. So those are my five things I think churches can learn from good jujitsu academies. If you're watching this and you do train and you have other things that you think churches could learn from jujitsu academies, share those in the comments below. Let's connect. I love connecting with fellow jujitsu slash Bible nerds out there. If you've never done jujitsu and you're interested, you've seen some of the videos here at Disciple Dojo and you want to find out more about this, but you're a little uncertain, shoot me a message over on Disciple Dojo's contact page on our website, and I'll be happy to connect you with a good and reputable academy in your area, wherever you are, if I'm able to do so. And if you're watching this and you know about jujitsu, but you don't know about the gospel, you're not that much into reading the Bible. You're open to the idea of Jesus, but you also have a lot of baggage in terms of how people in the church have treated you or the things that you've seen from people claiming to follow Jesus that don't sit well with you. I entirely understand that. And I probably share a lot of the same frustrations you do. A lot of what passes for Christianity just simply is not the biblical gospel. So if that's you, use that same link over on our website to connect with me. I would love to talk to you about authentic biblical Christian faith. I would love to try to connect you with a good, loving, open, reputable church in your area so that you could connect with other students of the divine sensei, professor, rabbi, messiah. And regardless of your beliefs in terms of either jujitsu or Jesus, if you just want to know more about the Bible, this ancient, mysterious library of life-changing literature, we have an entire course here at Disciple Dojo. It's completely free, including the workbook that you download as a PDF for free. You can do it yourself. You can do it as a small group. You can have your whole church do it. It's called Bible for the Rest of Us, and it is exactly what it says. It's, it's not the Bible for scholars. It's not the Bible for preachers or clergy. It's the Bible for the rest of us, anybody, at any stage in their faith. The course is entirely free. Go to the link that's going to be in the description below. Check it out, and if you enjoy it, share it with other people. Let other churches, let other people know about Disciple Dojo curriculum. And the only way we can do all of this is because of those of you that faithfully support this ministry. That's the reason we're able to make these resources available for free. So for those who do, thank you so much. Your support means everything to us. And if you like this ministry and you want to support us, 
head over to the link that I'm going to put in the description and become a dojo donor. If you can only give us a dollar a month, that dollar will definitely bless us. If you are more well off and you can afford to give more to help support this ministry and grow our different programs like this YouTube channel or our refugee jitsu outreach, that'd be amazing. And we would gladly welcome your support. Thanks for watching. We'll see you back here next time at Disciple Dojo.